Hello, it's been a little bit. Sorry for the short pause. I've been a bit busy officially launching my own brand, Crack Sauce. Uh, the name is not what you'd think. It's an Irish word. Uh, crack. What's the crack? Uh, we had the grand release actually a couple weeks ago on St. Patrick's Day. So I had a pop-up at the commercial kitchen where I cook out of and I was serving up some Guinness braised corned beef and cabbage tacos. Uh, kudos to Paul Kelly for the amazing recipe. Everyone's been talking about that. And we're also sampling about 30 different craft hot sauces. So a few of the popular ones are Mikey V's, uh, Dirty Dicks from my area, uh, Benito's, actually that sounded bad, <laughs> uh, K-Sauce. Um, it was a ton of fun. And we probably had about 200 people sampling. Uh, so thank you for everyone showing up. And they all enjoy really hearing the story um, and tasting all the different hot sauces. So if you just got a little bit of FOMO uh, hearing about that pop-up, I mean, we've got another one coming up on Cinco de Mayo uh, in the Boston area. Um, but also check out our website and we have a monthly hot sauce club. So bring some really great small batch hot sauces. You can pick your own package or we do um, one where we selected each month and we're actually getting karma sauce on the site. Um, and Karma Sauce is our guest today. So Gene is the founder of Karma Sauce out of Rochester, New York. He's been making hot sauces for a while now, and I learned a ton from his deep knowledge about growing peppers and making hot sauces. I won't spoil too much of the combo, but um, I, I, uh, I got another intro to make real quick. So like we encourage you matching different craft hot sauces with different foods, we match our podcast guests to damn good music that isn't a top 40 song. Um, great musicians struggle like great hot sauce people sometimes to get um, a following and have people from afar hearing their music. So I'm not saying that uh, Into It, um, which is a great band out of Boulder, Colorado, um, and their song Radiant Vibration uh, doesn't have enough traction already, but it's an awesome song. And my good friend Neil is their guitarist. And his, um, he and his band would love to see you in Boulder, Colorado on April 27th at the Boulder Theater uh, for microbrews for the environment. And I'm looking at you, Spencer, in Longmont, Colorado. We have a few other uh, people in the Boulder area that subscribe to our monthly hot sauce club. Um, so check them out. I'll, I'll have the details and actually a link to the, the video of the song in the show notes. Okay, let, let's go. Thank you so much for taking your time, man. How's your week going? My week's going great, Brian. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're like we're busy. Uh, we're shipping a lot of hot sauce, especially the extreme caramel, because of the you know the hot one show that we're we've been working with uh, since January. Uh, also, you know, we're at the sort of the tail end of when we've got all our transplants going, and uh, so we're looking forward to spring and getting getting some new new plants in the ground. It's a couple of months away for us still, but and just mainly making lots of hot sauce recipes. Awesome. It's, it's, 
it's never ending, you know, things to, to take care of. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, you got a, a lot going on and I, I, I've seen some articles and um, some of the reviews from Hot One. So I'm sure that, what was that like from kind of the, the business and, and sales side? Was that um, kind of a crazy bump when that happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's sort of funny because, you know, in November, you know, he's like, you know, I, I got a call um, from, from Heatness. I'm like, well, you know, we're thinking about, have you heard of Hot Ones? I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard of Hot Ones. <laughs> and we're thinking about putting Extreme Karma on there. So then, you know, I started making a whole bunch of extra of, of the one product. And, you know, in December, it wasn't necessarily a done deal. So it's like, you know, it's going to happen, but there's nothing, there's no contract or anything. So I was looking at these pallets of extra sauce I'd made and I'm like, well, I sure hope these things, you know, sell because what am I going to do with all this? This is a lot more than I usually go through. Uh, And that's, that's all just disappeared like in the first two weeks, you know, so it's been, um, you know, we have extra peppers in the freezer from, from last season to work off of, but we're going to be really tight on supply soon. So it's really taken off and congratulations. I know there's um, a lot of hard work and everything behind that. So it's nice when one suddenly there there's like a platform like that where just probably, I think they, those videos get in the views in the millions, right? Yeah. The way I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little older than you. So I, I talked to my peers and, they, and I try to, the guys I used to, I used to work with uh, when I was working at Harris, which I, I actually, I left my engineering job as of the end of last year to do this full time. But I try to describe to folks how popular the show is. And I say, you know, it's last season they had 63 million views, which is about half of the 2017 Super Bowl, right? For all the episodes. So it's really just a huge, huge audience and, you know, it's going great. So we're we're really, couldn't be more pleased, you know, to have the opportunity. And um, I I think I saw uh some article i think it was in november december maybe it was just kind of a a future announcement of you being on hot ones but it seemed like there was some sort of special um hot sauce collaboration you were doing with the heatness was that a certain type of spice or a certain yeah that was that was really really fun the uh so it started out uh beginning of last year you know um i was talking about you know coming down to visit heatness because they've they've been really great customers of mine of mine for for a few years now and uh, uh you know tyler was like hey yeah it'd be great if you came down especially if you do a custom sauce for us you know and it's like joking and i was like really okay what, what, what are you looking for and he said well we'd like a fennel hot sauce and wow. i was like wow that sounds like a challenge so it was in, it was interesting so i had a basic it was kind of what was really fun about it is you know they kind of put out a couple of ideas that were varied but there was no real ground rules to it other than it had to have fennel in it. So I got pretty can much you, free range. Fennel? What's that? Can you explain fennel? Well, fennel is kind of like a spice that you would typically find, for example, in Italian sausage. It's so sort of a mild anise flavor to it. So if you think, if you used a lot of it, you would have a very strong licorice flavor. It tends to be used in a little more subdued way. So, uh, you know, it's not something that you normally think of when you think of hot sauce. I mean, I've had yeah. some really great like uh, fennel pork things that Italian restaurants do and, um, you know, you'll see that uh, sometimes in the Indian restaurants as a digestive at the end of the meal, they have a little sh- sugar-coated uh, fennel seeds. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely different. And it's it was not something that if, but for that request, I would have never said, hey, I'm going to come up with a fennel sauce. You know, so uh, I did some things that were kind of in this more Turkish, Sicilian vein, this sort of darker, um, 
little heavier tomato based sauces and those because I have a bunch of heirloom tomatoes still and uh, that didn't it was really good but it didn't it didn't have that like a really a wow factor and so I started thinking about it in terms of like more of a lighter style with a almost like a fennel salad and ended up with this strawberry based sauce so it's a strawberry habanero fennel we put a little bit mm. of bergamot oil which is an interesting citrus note and it just came together and it's really, you know, I'm really proud of it. It's a, uh, um, you know, it's not an, like going to be your everyday table sauce, uh, but it's great with like a charcuterie, you know, like a little sausage or cheese plate or whatever on a sandwich. It's surprisingly versatile if you give, if you give it a shot, but yeah, I, everyone who's tried, it's been pretty impressed by it. You know, it's very unexpected. So yeah. yeah. It's, it's I'm just thinking better. of your approach there, how like you, you tried one thing that you were thinking, like you had some heirloom tomatoes, you you had an idea of like where it could go and then didn't quite work out. And then you kind of um, repositioned it. It seems like that's kind of like a uh, a fun and unique challenge when you know, like it's, um, I'm trying to think of like some of the chef shows where like you have three ingredients now, like make something, but um, that's yeah. kind of interesting when you have to like, you have an end goal, um, and especially probably with your experience um, having a farm and making hot sauces, it must have been fun kind of approaching how to make that sauce. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. And I, and I, and I joke about it, like sort of like, the, like alluding to like the Iron Chef kind of thing. Here's the secret ingredient. Yeah. You know, work, work with this. And I liked it so much that I approached the administrators of the uh, you know, Facebook group for the love of hot sauce. And we started a poll where people got to vote for their own, you know, signature ingredients they might want to see in a hot sauce and then other, you know so you put it in the it's either poll where it kind of grows where you you can vote for things or enter things and uh, that ran for I think just over a week and yeah. I'm on the hook now to uh, come up with a you know a chocolate and um, it was chocolate chili peanut was the original concept I got them to switch it to like a to uh, pumpkin or squash to kind of get away from the, the tree nut allergies to make it more general but that's kind of the that's what I'm working with right now. I've got a little side project then to come up with a prototype uh, to then there's a few folks who won, you know, the sample, the initial samples. And if they, if, you know, if everyone likes it, then we might actually make a batch of the sauce. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. That's, um, that's the second time that Facebook groups gotten a shout out. Uh, I, I had a talk with Chris from Charman brand and, and uh, I, joined, I joined it up and, and it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, it was great guys. I got um, Chris really nice. I got to meet him. Tom who helps him out there at the um, Zest Fest, which is a show I did make it down to uh, back in the end of January. So nice. that was fun. Yeah, I, I've, I've never been, but the more I've been hearing about those festivals, um, Zest Fest and the Fiery Foods Festival just finished up last week. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that experience? But was that your first time uh, being a vendor down there and, and going down? Uh, it was my second time, but it, with a really long lapse. I'd gone down there in 2013 when I first got going. And, uh, you know, it's a long haul. It's a big trip. And in general, uh, that was before I got into this farming thing, hardcore. And so since I've been, the business has expanded. Then I didn't, I had a lot of free time because we weren't doing a whole lot of business. I'm in this sort of funny place uh, up until the beginning of this year where um, I had enough obligations to keep me busy all the time and so I didn't wasn't able to really go out and do events and so um, in fact I was on the fence about even doing uh, Zest Fest in January I decided they had space so I decided to go do it uh, they didn't I haven't planned well enough 
or hadn't planned uh, far enough to work on the fiery food show out in Albuquerque. Uh, maybe even the New York show, but again, that for the reasons we talked about earlier, that that's a very tight, difficult to get into show yeah. right now. Um, but we'll all be doing more of those events and they're, they're a great time. It's, you know, it's really good to go out and talk to other hot sauce makers just to meet, you know, fans of hot, of spicy foods and, 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 uh, you know, show your wares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you learn about things that are going on, what people need. Like right now we see, you know, there's, uh, there's a, there seems to be a big demand, uh, or a potential at least, uh, whether it's big or not remains to be seen for, like fresher peppers. I, I know I've talked to like, you know, with Cajon and a lot of the other high quality sauce makers are really struggling to meet demand with fresh peppers without going to some of the more processed mashes that are available. And so yeah. uh, we're going to do our best to, you know, hopefully be able to meet our own demand, but also then help out with getting some stuff that's minimally processed or, or not processed at all. In fact, that's my ideal scenario is to be able to provide peppers that are just pure pepper you know, I, that's what I do for myself anyway. Like I have a freezer space in downtown Rochester and I fill up five gallon pails in season and I work off of those, you know, through the rest of the year. And if I can make enough of those, whether it's in you know, that or a different larger form factor, I'd like to try and uh, make those available to folks if they want them. And then we'll, we'll see how that goes. But that's awesome. Yeah. That's I was just starting my own and I was just so lucky that there's two farms that grow um some nice ghost peppers habaneros poblanos like jalapenos and nothing too exotic but i have i grow some own exotic peppers in my back garden and uh just the combination of those two gave me the ability to have a lot of fresh peppers but i'm doing it on a, on a small scale when you're talking about your size or, or cage on yeah um that's it is it is a challenge yeah and, and you have um, a pretty large farm growing, <clears throat> growing a lot of peppers, but I, before we kind of dig into that and, and maybe actually we dig into this, but I, I was going to ask about how you originally really got into, to making hot sauces and, and where Karma sauce was, was really born. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I can't remember a time when I didn't like spicy food. You know, it's been, I, I look in my dining room and I've got the, uh, chili posters from Mark Miller's, you know, restaurant I got back in 1991, you know, or 93 or something like that. So it's, it's been quite a while. Uh, and I've always, you know, I cook every day. I'm sort of the house cook here, you know, for my family. We've got two kids, and my wife. And so I'm doing, I do that. I've been doing that every day since I can remember as well. Um, but in uh, a few years ago, there was this, we had this sort of this common garden that we share with some neighbors and there was this they got into this local vor challenge thing where they said hey we're going to just do all local stuff for september which is pretty easy to do around here I mean, it's like harvest time so if you can't manage it then you can you can you know <laughs> you, it's like shooting fish in a barrel so you know at that point i was like well you know i'm not gonna use any of this blairs or the sriracha or whatever we're gonna just go with a local sauce and so i started thinking about something that would be based on local ingredients and that's why i ended up with this butternut squash recipe because we have a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of things growing around here. And certainly if you want to do like a Belize style, we have carrots growing, but I thought the butternut squash was nice because it was some, not something I'd heard anybody else doing, at least not at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, you know, I kind of came up with the formula and I, I had a, a, a very hot version for myself and a mild version that my wife would tolerate. So we, you know, um, it was well liked enough that, you know, there was, I got some encouragement that maybe I should try and bottle this stuff. And, uh, you know, 
you know, we, there was also a puppy at the time that the neighbors had called Karma who was running around the garden. And so I got a good one, I got a hot one, a mild one, and just somehow this good karma, bad karma kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like a, so it was like a dual kind of name that you could you go either way with, you know. Yeah. Okay. It just sort of popped into my head as I was walking down the block. So uh, that, that's how that got started. And then, you know, it got really interesting when I wanted to look at trying to actually get this stuff made because I looked at co-packing. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. I actually took better process control school, which is what you need to be able to pack stuff. Uh, I looked at co-packing and, and it was difficult because we like to use fresh vegetables and it's in, for the most part, co-packers want things that are pre-processed. And so we, I, I got pretty close with one uh, group that was a part of SUNY and in uh, state university in New York, but it, you know, the, it almost worked, but then it didn't. And at the end of the day, I was like, well, you know what, you just build your own place. And so, we actually framed out our garage and turned it into a New York licensed commercial kitchen with, you know, wow. four cattle and the whole thing and a bunch of heavier duty vegetable processing equipment so that we could, you know, make our, you know, 300 pound batches of sauce. And that's, that's what we've been doing ever since. And so we can do one of those a day kind of a thing if we really crank it. So you, you just went straight into it. Cause I think for a lot of people, that's a lot of time thinking about that. That's a, uh... Well, I mean, it, it seems like straight, but it, I mean, I, I chewed through, you know, a better part of half a year trying to figure out how to get, make so, have someone else do it, but it's just mm -hmm. couldn't close the loop on that. And, you know, I'm glad, and I'm glad that we just went for it. You know, it's, it's, it's working for us now. I believe it's scalable quite a bit, but we're one of our tenants here is that we're going to try and always stick with the fresh stuff as an input. And so we're kind of, you know, you know, if we want to use corporate speak a little more vertically integrated, perhaps, but, uh, you know, that's just a matter of, of having some additional process capability for the vegetables, you know, so Combutrol's things, you know, scaling up, there's bigger equipment out there, but you have to be committed and specialized, you know. Um, it's if you're doing really small stuff and you walk into a co-packer, they're not as gonna be as friendly to our, towards you for additional processing steps because the volume isn't there because you have to set up and break down the equipment. Where yeah. for us, we can go ahead and do that, you know, because it's our own stuff and we're, we're small scale. We don't, you know, you know, I'm all willing to spend a little extra time, you know, prepping my own things. So, you know, I don't necessarily, cause I don't necessarily have to compensate for my extra time. And at this point, you know, having gone through that in the past on the really small batches, now when we're doing bigger and bigger stuff, it's, it's kind of, it's a lot easier. So our, you know, our setup and breakdown times and our processing times, it's all rote, you know, because we're doing the same thing, especially with extreme karma. It's, re it's repetitive. So it's faster, you know? Yeah. And then, so did you have your farm before then or, or did that really well, pick up when the hot okay. sauce? Did? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so after, you know, the initial inception of, of, of the stuff, the, I was, you know, for the first few batches, I could just go down to the, the market and buy stuff. Um, the Rochester public market's a pretty hot happening market. And there was a guy out in Spencerport, New York, New York nearby who was growing habaneros. And I wasn't using any ghost peppers or anything initially at the time. So, uh, you know, just the habaneros was the hottest thing I, I had going. Um, but they decided they weren't going to do, they were having for some reason, they, I guess besides me, there wasn't enough market. And that's, you know, at the, the point where you're only buying a few hundred pounds of peppers a year, you're not really in a position to, contract grow with someone right then i you know oh yeah contract grow with me here's you know a few bushels of these peppers and yeah um so we started uh leasing small plots of land so i had a little rototiller and i'd go out there and put in rows and you know we'd you know do maybe 800 plants 500 plants kind of thing for for, the, for, for a few years 
and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, you know, three years ago, we bought a farm down in Bristol. So we've got 37 acres there. You know, we're only using about three of them right now. Wow. For pepper growing, but it's, the, well, and we're actually expanding that a little bit because you have to rotate as well. So you only really use like about a third of the, a land at a time for peppers because of the, you want to rotate other things and have some fallow time. So we rotate in garlic, we do, you know, rye and Austrian peas and buckwheat and mustard and stuff like that uh, at different places at different times. Um, and as we, I think we talked about this, I don't know if we were on there at the time, but the, uh, you know, a couple of years ago we put in some hoop houses and that really made a big difference for us in terms of the super hot peppers. So now when we, uh, do ghosts and scorpions and some of those things we uh we get a great season but we're really you know picking those things through november it's a lot easier further down south to get a really good crop you have to kind of be under plastic here maybe the folks right along the lake can do it without plastic and have a reasonable season but and is that us, because the soil needs to be at a higher temperature yeah it's a higher temperature and you know so you get a little bit of you get an earlier start so by the mid by you know middle of summer you know or even into late spring i've got you know um, at times I'll have those all, the sides will be rolled up. So the sides roll up on these things so you can keep it from getting too hot. Mm -hmm. So middle of summer, the end walls are off and the sides are rolled up. And, uh, but then after we start getting into September, you know, you start looking at the, at the weather then and in October, okay, when's the frost going to hit? And then when you, yes. you start worrying about frost and the things get tightened back up again and you would get easily another, an extra month of growing time on those from the, uh, from how, and that's just not, they're not heated or anything. They're just, just the, yeah. It just stays warm in there and protection from the frost. So that's kind of uh, what we do with that. And are those um, pretty tight to the plants or is that, um, are those pretty elevated? Oh, they're elevated. Each one of these things, you know, I can drive a tractor through it, right? Kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, they're uh, 24 wide by 100 feet long. Kind wow. of thing. Okay. So, you know, if all goes well, we can get maybe a ton of peppers out of one of those hoop houses. If it doesn't go well, you know, we might only get a half a ton, that kind of thing. So, And you have, is it like three? We have three right now. I think we're definitely going to be able to add a fourth one. Um, and we're expanding a lot on what we grow out in the field as well. So, you know, if we, we grow habaneros and uh, our hoop houses are really used exclusively for super hots right now. And so, gotcha. um, and we try to keep those segregated. So, cause we save seed on those as well. I mean, I did brought some fresh seed from uh, Tri Primo this year that I'm going to put in to one of those hoops. Um, so I think our next batch, I'm hoping that our next uh, batch of, uh, at least have one batch of ashes to ashes. That's like hundred percent primo. We'll see how it goes. Um, that, that won't be till much later this year. Unless I, unless I score some peppers other ways, but uh, yeah. And so, you know, we're really focused on the, the peppers in rotation with other things and, uh, and garlic's a bit it's something we are expanding this year too. So we're doing a lot more garlic in the future. I love to, do you do a lot of experimenting with different types of sauce? Obviously with that fennel one, that sounds like a pretty cool experiment, uh, experiment, but it sounds like with the super hot, you'll be doing some stuff, but I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about um, maybe some of your staples, uh, most popular hot sauces, but also maybe some experiments that you've been, that you've worked on or, or planning on working on. Yeah, I'm right. You know, it's funny. Aside from the one I'm doing for the love of hot sauce at the moment, I don't have any other experiments in the way of uh, new products. What I am working on a lot is recipes because I, I, I use them all the time, but I'm always not, you know, 
in the mood for, for writing things down. Oh. And so doc, documentation is a big thing. Cause I noticed, you know, we have 20 products now. And so uh, oh. at this point, you know, that's probably enough to keep us going for a while. Any new projects will probably be, you know, sort of customer driven at this point. Um, you know, I'm playing around with stuff all the time, but like I said, it's not necessarily always thinking about it in terms of a product. Yeah. Uh, one, Are one those 20 a, hot sauces or do you do other types of? Oh, we've got, yeah, we've got our hot sauce line. We've got uh, salsas and mustards, and we do a couple of ca- ketchups. I call them catsups. It's got to do with a dog oh. chasing a cat, but <laughs> but those are a little different too. So we, what I do with those is we use uh, squash and honey instead of sugar, and it's all fresh veggies. So those mm. a little mm. different. Yeah, they're really good. And we have our straight up one, and we have a curry. That's if you like curry stuff, this stuff is awesome. Like you can you know think of that German curry worst and be perfect for that oh, yeah i um that was where the the craft hot sauce podcast started was in in berlin when i was sampling curry wursts um, oh nice yeah yeah i love them yeah so the, this is uh be, be right at home with that uh, we do a nice i have a nice curry um uh, recipe like a you know a spice blend that's but we don't sell that at the moment we'd sell these like instant karma is one of our signature blends which i like a lot and actually that one we used if you've had a chance to, I don't know, you, well, I don't know, you probably haven't at this point, um, but the uh, Funkin' Hot sauce that we make, which actually is a German word, you know, to Funkin' is to spark in, in German. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a little play on funk, you know, with the, the Funkin' right, yeah. and Funkin', like Telefunkin'. And uh, we use a, uh, Instant Karma is kind of a f- cross between a, a like a ch- chili, pepper blend like a chili blend and a southwestern blend and a five spice and that's our sort of our 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 note the high notes that we put into the funkin hot which is a you know seven pot brown chocolate habanero sauce or come from that instant karma blend and that to my delight that did win the best overall product at zest fest or the fiery food challenge uh this year so we were that's, kind of, that's awesome we were blown away by that it was like you know i was like pinching are you sure you got this right you know <laughs> So I like that, you know, and I've actually had been using a lot of that lately. And then, you know, Cherry Bomb, I just was working on with on, uh, in fact, I've been putting together the posts uh, or starting to play with videos uh, for the recipes in addition to just straight up putting a blog post. But Oh, nice. Yeah. We're doing a, um, I'm doing a, uh, uh, I just made it last night, a sort of uh, Nashville chicken inspired uh, thing called Cherry Bomb Chicken, which uses, you know, buttermilk and instant karma with uh, a little fried chicken with our uh, cherry bomb hot sauce and that's pretty awesome nice so you like to do a lot of cooking with um and experimenting with uh with your sauces and just other things as well it sounds like oh yeah yeah definitely it's like it's a it's a daily thing for me it's just a question and my wife's after me all the time she's like did you write this down can you do this again i'm like what (laughs) yeah i'm i'm i tell people all the time um just like write everything down, keep it uniform. And then I always forget to do it myself. Or actually maybe I don't forget. It just like, I don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, if I'm working, if I'm thinking that I'm going to be working on a hot sauce, I, I, yeah, I have a different methodology there at this point. Well, I, I can do it a couple, I can simply, you know, add things up with the scales I'm going. So you have to do weighted formulas, you know, and. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, I'd be, yeah, I'd love Damn. any insights um, as you were kind of scaling up those recipes and 
uh, and, and obviously when you're using super hots, you're, you're, it's going to be a lower weight ratio with the peppers than if it was more kind of a milder green chili one. It depends. Like you gotta, you know, that's not always the case. I mean, that's one of the things that's actually challenging about something mm-hmm. like ashes to ashes or funkin hot. So ashes to ashes is our hottest sauce and you know, it's 63 or it's like got 1% dried pepper, which is just a little bit of uh, chipotle that gives a little more nose interest, you know, and it's um, 62% by weight um, fresh. It's actually fresh and fermented. I do my own fermentation on that one just to bring up a little bit of, uh, again, more aroma. And, you know, at 63% pepper, uh, it becomes a challenge. That's not, that's not one that I could even, you couldn't even approximate that with a purchased mash because they, they come at like 12% salt and they have other vinegar. Actually, some of them, I think uh, Ed Curry makes some nice ones that are not salted, but they have other vinegars in it that aren't the ones I use. So it's, I can't use those either. Right. At least not yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it isn't necessarily a given that, the, you know, there are people who really want those super hot, sauces and so you have some of the uh, like pepper um i think pex peppers and um some of the other folks out there i know cajun's got some very high uh pepper uh sauces as well and is that one oscar sauce um uh, burns and mccoy i think right they've got some very high uh, uh allegheny farms right they have all some tom mata there he's got some really high pepper um sauces as well and so yeah, it's all over the map. I mean, mo- mo- I think the lowest we go is like 33%. So between 33% and, you know, and 63. And with the ashes, you know, I tried making it even up to 71, but I thought it was a little too raspy. Yeah. But you can do a lot more if you're using fresh peppers. If you have control over what else is going into them, it gives you a lot more latitude than if you're trying to work, you know, if you're trying to work around uh, a mash, it can be difficult. There was somebody who had a, a new producer who had a, a sauce down at Zest Fest we tried, and he's like, you know, this is really really salty and he's like well you know we're stuck because we have this mash and this is the way it comes it's like well yeah it's a challenge yeah. i've learned so much in just my kind of few years talking to people but i think you've probably learned so much uh just from doing tons of recipes growing peppers but i think something that everyone does is kind of learn from their failures and i, I don't know if there's any kind of either failures that are funny or any, anything that comes to mind that's was a, was a little bit of a challenge and you learned from or, or maybe it was just a failure and that was that and you try to laugh it off but anything come to mind yeah most of our, our interesting learnings are more around the farming aspects than the hot sauce making you know yeah you know early on we you know i had doing mustard once we had an interesting experience where it was like learning how the filler operates and how the surface tension works you know when you're trying to piston fill and you don't have a shutoff valve but that was you know fairly minor uh, learning experience compared to something like when you're down there and we started using the hoop houses and, uh, and we have these anchors that, that I, I purchased to really bolt these things to the ground. They're, you know, they're, they're like Quonset huts. They're a hundred feet long and 24 foot wide. And actually I'm, I'm an engineer by trade and I'd come across a paper that suggested with a 50 mile an hour crosswind, there could be like something like 80,000 pounds of lift. And so I was concerned about these flying away. But, you know, after you start, you know, the auger we have only goes so deep. And after you've got past the first two hoop houses, you know, um, your friends start saying, hey, you know, these things are really heavy. There's no way these things could fly away. <laughs> you know, the more you, because I have to use a post hole digger because the, the auger only goes so far. And uh, 
you know, by the time we got to the third one, this rationale that, yeah, these things are not going to fly away started yeah. making more sense. So I had this cable system for the, for the last one. And um, that was, that was kind of a uh, relaxing a little bit, but then it turned out on the one side, uh, uh, one guy hadn't actually, that was helping me, hadn't actually attached the cables to the frame. Mm. So we got some stiff winds and literally this thing took off and flew about 300 feet away right into the middle of the apple trees that I just planted and took oh. a couple of those out. And, and now that I know those are big things. <laughs> those are. Yeah, so it was like, you know, we actually, it was in totally intact and we spent like a week wow. getting it almost back into position. I left the plastic on, which that was the mistake I made, second mistake, because just about when it was in back and I had like logs strapped into it, I had like 55 gallon barrels lashed to it. And I had a buck, my, my, I have a 71 horsepower tractor with, with the, the weigh 7,000 pounds. And I had that kind of pinning it on one end <laughs> and we had a less windy night than the one night that it went flying away. And that less that it was still like a 50 mile an hour wind or something like that. And uh, you know, so after spending all week trying to get it back in position on what it was like three feet from being anchored down um overnight it just got hit with a wind and like just got ripped to shreds wow. like all the plastic was destroyed the ends wow. were torn up so it took us like you know a lot of rework on that one so that was learning the hard way yeah it, it's hard to run a farm farm like kudos to like I, it, it's just it's a i i really don't know what it takes to run a farm but i i just know it's what you think times 20 for, for at least from what i've heard but i i um yeah the thing is knowing that break, things break all the time and they just keep breaking you got to be willing to fix things on a mm -hmm. on a continuous basis so besides karma sauce are, are there any hot sauces that you really love uh you know i've i do like um uh some of the um volcanic pepper sauce. There's one this one corn sauce, I which I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's a Chipotle corn sauce I tried. And that was like my favorite fun sauce from Zest Fest. Um, I like some of Troy Primo stuff. I like some of the stuff that Cajun does. I wish I'd gotten out and tried more stuff. <laughs> I tried quite a few, but there were some that, there were some that uh, maybe I'll get to try this weekend. Um, you know, if I think back historically, some of my favorite sauces, you know, from years ago uh, and, were, were things like inner beauty was always a favorite of mine and i know that's been re-released now and i haven't tried the new version to see if it matches what i remember it's like a, a scotch mm -hmm. bond, a mustardy kind of sweet mangoey sauce it's our our uh, ghost island is kind of an you know a, somewhat of a tribute to that i you know i'm not trying to rip that off directly so it's more this that was more of a curry this one's more um the one we do is is a little bit darker and uh, more of a jerk spice to it and like crazy hot. So it's not really the same thing, but the inner beauty is, is great stuff. Um, and I like uh, the one I, I uh, manufacture. I don't see as much fat. I know he's looking, he needs a little help right now because he's down in St. John is uh, Trinidad Charlie. Have you ever had his stuff? It's really good. It's, it's a Caribbean. It's got different Caribbean spices in there, but it is like, you know, Caribbean pumpkin. He's got mango, lime and, you can look him up online. He's, you know, he's been doing it for a while. He's very small. You can actually get us at one point you could buy his stuff in New York. I'm not sure about right now, but, but I think he has some significant damage to his farm um, because of the hurricane. We have some friends down there in, in St. John. They got hammered pretty bad. Yeah. I, um, I, and I think if, if there's anything you can do to like support him, whether, whether that's, um, 
Yeah, I can look. I don't have it in front of me, but there there is somebody with a a, a GoFundMe page set up for him right now. I can look up the link for you if you like. I yeah, yeah, I can put it on the the show notes and everything. Yeah. Um, cool. And and I, I got a question that's gonna that's a off topic. But what's your favorite band? That's a good question. Uh, I have pretty varied music taste. You know, at one point, I think Level 42 was my favorite band. I, I liked Muse a lot for a while. My wife has got me reading this Maynard book to try and convince me to be a complete Tool fan. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's, I think it's worked to some extent because I'm more interested in what are they talking, what's going on with this, with this music. So uh, I like Earth, Wind & Fire a lot. So uh, all over the place. Lastly, I mean, where, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you? Uh, whether that's buying your hot sauces or, or, or find you on social. Yeah, we have, you know, karmasauce.com and, you know, we're user karma, you know, our, our business page is karma sauce also. Uh, of course you can find our stuff at, you know, at Heatonist and um, some of the other major retailers now. Are- well, um, Gene, thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, really appreciate it. any kind of final words or you know, just uh, enjoy what you're doing. And, you know, I'd say, you know, we talked about, I mentioned a few uh, other hot sauce makers earlier in, in brief, but, you know, I'd say, you know, go out and support the, you know, little guy if you can that are doing the unique stuff and uh, put it together by hand because, you know, you're going to always get the best result that way. And it's not easy to do. So mm-hmm. any awesome. support you can lend is appreciated. Absolutely. Great. Well, Gene, thank you for, for helping uh, the little guy, me, out um, coming on the podcast. And uh, I think people will love to, to listen to this. And Oh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. That was good stuff from Gene. Big thanks to him, and thank you for listening. I got a, a quick ask of you, and that is to at least check out our monthly hot sauce club. We got awesome hot sauces. Like These are small batch hot sauce makers. Um, like Gene, I got to actually talk to Gene and get him on the club on crafthotsauce.com. Um, but each month or uh, every three months, we'll send you three small batch hot sauces to your door. Um, it's about 25 bucks. But uh, I'm loading up on some new hot sauce at the New York Hot Sauce Expo. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff on there. And just a quick thanks um, for everyone with the positive feedback and reaching out to say hi. Um, That's one of my favorite parts about this. And to reach more people and spread more of the good word of Kraft Hot Sauce, uh, small batch hot sauce, it would be great if you could give us a review. Uh, We only accept five stars. Um, But if you don't want to do that, because when people tell me to do my podcast ratings, I've never done that. So just uh, at least tell a friend about it. Um, But right now, you got to tune in. Hopefully you're still tuning in after the, all the promotional stuff, but get pumped to listen to Intuit, the song Radiant Vibration from their new ca- uh, album Canyon Roots. Uh, they're from Boulder, Colorado, and their music is dope. So enjoy. See ya.
Dios.